Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Coinop Cowboys, the podcast where four guys come together to share their hilarious experiences and insights on a variety of topics, from dating disasters to workplace shenanigans. Nothing is off limits on this show. Each week, our four hosts bring a new topic to the table, and you can expect to hear some wild and entertaining stories. We'll share our own experiences and offer our unique perspectives, all while keeping things lighthearted and humorous. This is Coinop Cowboys, the podcast where hilarity ensues and the only thing we take seriously is having fun. Welcome to the show. I am your host, Angel. My co-hosts are Chris, Ryan, and Steven. So sit back, relax, and get ready to laugh along with us as we explore the absurdities of everyday life. All right, welcome everyone to another episode with your favorite group of guys. Uh, we are the Coin Op Cowboys coming to you live from the city of Sin, Las Vegas. Uh, we have a wonderful show planned for you today. Let's start with a little round table of introduction. I'll introduce each of you in turn, and you only have a nice howdy-do and two things. A show everyone recommends, but you haven't gotten around to seeing yet, and your favorite soda flavor, your favorite soda. So I'm looking for a show that everyone's been telling you, hey, you gotta watch, but it just it's just sitting on the back burner, and it's been sitting back there the longest, and your favorite soda pop. So I'm going to start up the randomizing software to calculate the exact random person for this segment. It's going to be perfect. Okay, perfectly random, the perfect person. And our first person to share, hold on, doing its thing, cookies. All right, Steven, what do you got, sir? What up, cowboy fans? <laughs> it's your boy. <laughs> okay. Cut that. No. We need a we need a we need a nickname for our fans, you know, like Taylor Swift's fans are called Swifties. I, I had a nickname. I had a nickname and you all you what all was fucking poo pooed it. What was it? Like bump fuckers or what was no. it? <laughs> they could still be the bump fuckers. <laughs> what up, bump fuckers? It's a boy, Steezy. <laughs> Coming live from Las Vegas. <laughs> Uh, definitely a show that everybody says to watch, and I just haven't gotten into it yet. Is White Lotus? Watch, keep falling asleep during the first episode. Get around to it. Uh, oh, favorite soda? Hmm. It's definitely got to be Mountain Dew Code Red. Throw it back to the high school days. There. Is that the game fuel? Game fuel is game fuel. No, it's just the fucking Mountain Dew Code Red. They had an orange one too. Remember the orange one, Livewire? That shit was bomb. But yeah, Mountain Dew is like I think my all-time favorite soda. I don't drink it at all anymore, but the, the, the red one's the best. Interesting. Thank you. Okay. White Lotus and Mountain Dew Code Red. All right. Next up, Ryan. Oh, hey. Hey, all. Hey, all, bumfuckers. Um, this is this is Ryan here. And my favorite soda is Mountain Dew Baja Blast. So Steven's clearly wrong about the best Mountain Dew Baja Blast. And then uh, TV shows. I, I know all the good TV shows, and I've seen all the good TV shows. I guess I guess I'll go with The Witcher. I've never really watched The Witcher, but it's been ruined anyway, so there's no point to watch it. Anyway. The show that everybody tells you to watch sounds like no one's telling you to watch. Season that. one's good. Yeah, the, the first season was pretty dope. You, you told me to watch it many moons ago, and then and then and then typical Stephen fashion, you went from loving something to hating it all within the same week. I watched the first season. <laughs> no, I watched the first season. I never watched the second season. Don't know if it's good or not. And Baja Blast is. Like the least of all the uh, Mountain Dews that have come out. It's like the worst. stupid. What <laughs> would they'll talk or talk about though? Talk with. Yeah, very good. Okay, thank you, Ryan. Uh, and following uh, Ryan is going to be Chris. Chris, welcome to the show. Hey, all my Western amigos. 
I'm Chris. The two popular things we're going to be talking about here is going to be the soda, which has got to be a solid, tried and true Sprite. You know how people out there like 7-Up? Just never going to catch up to where Sprite's at, no matter how cool the 7-Up game was in the 90s. And the show that I have not gotten around to watching, which would go great on this show, is going to be Yellowstone 1863. It was even my boss who just got back from his ranch in Texas where he was playing cowboy and uh, hunting hogs. And I asked him, I was like, oh, do you watch Yellowstone? He's like, oh, yeah, I watched Yellowstone 1863. Have you watched it? And the answer was no. Yeah, but yeehaw. 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 Very good. And I'll round out the top of this intro. Uh, the show that everyone tells me to watch, watch The Last of Us. That's the one, right? That's the one. The, the fungus one? Yeah, that's the one. Okay, very good. Very good. I haven't gotten Wait, you're not watching that one? Hey, man, don't judge, okay? There's there's a lot on the on the plate, and uh, I've got to finish watching, um, uh, what is that? Is that movie on Amazon? Not movie. The show. Arcane. Cartoon. No. What is it called? Vox Machina? Oh, there you go. Vox Machina. It's your show, Chris. You should have. Yeah, I totally. I was, I was, I was, I was waiting for Chris. Like an hour ago. I was yeah. waiting for Chris. Alex, Alex likes it. Apparently, Alex is the only one that likes it right now, but Angel's going to get on board pretty soon. Well, I'm an adult, so I don't watch cartoons. Fucking dick. Oh, I know. I, I felt your slide on that, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Cartoons. They're not cartoons. They're called anime. They're for adults. But that show's not even actually anime. It's American produced. Oh, come on. Yeah. If you want some true anime, though, uh, Attack on Titan, season four, episode 31, finally hit Netflix today, or Netflix, not Hulu today, so I can finally catch up and see where Aaron's going to do. season four? Yes. Episode 31? Yeah, I think I think it was, because I looked it up specifically today. How many episodes are there in a season? Yeah, well, so that's actually the frightening part. Like, I guess the second season was like 70 episodes. Oh, my God. I'm like, obnoxious <laughs> number. Yeah, so <laughs> it, took, was it took a lot to get through but they uh like they're, they're like okay the final season here it comes they release one episode and then they're like okay we're gonna release the rest of the episodes like in october i'm like what like releasing one episode is not releasing the second season but yeah for any attack and titan fans out there it's about to go down yeah i don't know episode 29 the right you don't watch like american dad or family guy or no bob's burgers any of that Really? No, I, I did see the Bob's Burgers movie, though. How was that? It was funny. Boy, well, what did you think? What did you think? It was a solid hour and a half of my life, but I'm not going to sit and watch <laughs> tens of hours of it. Okay. That's fair. Alicia likes the, the adult cartoons. Fair. I'll watch them when she watches them. Finally, was really into Bob's Burgers. Very nice. But it's one of those ones where it's just like, almost like Napoleon Dynamite a little bit. Be like, I watched it by myself. It wasn't that funny, but when I had other people around, it was just like little giggles here and there, and then it kind of got Yeah, I'm a huge fan. Huge fan. We lost Steven again. I know. Where is he? He's upset at his kitten. Why is he so upset? <laughs> All right. So I found it. Night Wrangler. So when we start and we get it out this way, it should be like, you know, welcome to the Coin Op Cowboy Podcast. Say a big hello to all my night wranglers out there staying true for us. Listen to night how to wranglers. go down. Yeah. Night wranglers. It sounds like we're calling them uh, serial killers or something like we're going to. Oh, oh, wranglers. I wranglers. Okay. Yeah, you know, like the jeans? Oh, I like Lee's. Or it looks like we also have on here, I'm, I'm, look, good. I'm looking up cowboy jargon right now. So what I see on here is a mochila. That is a mail pouch that the Pony Express riders carry. It's a backpack in Spanish. Oh. A hog killing time. Whoa. Yep, that's, that's the, probably the same page I'm looking at. A Rocky Mountain Canary. A burrow, also called a Colorado Mockingbird. <laughs> so it's a donkey ass. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. It's not on. It's not on the original Cowboy Christmas Store. NorthPoleWest.com. I don't know why. Oh, there you go. We got. We also got Swing Riders. 
if uh, that sounds better. Ooh, Outriders. Riders on the Storm. All kinds of cowboy jargon we can call our uh, listeners out there. What did I miss? Or just Wranglers, if you want to go real simple. Mel's, Mel's not home and there's Cowbooks. a poop on the floor immersion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. So did you just leave it there? No, that's what I was going to clean it up, put her back to bed. I open the door, she goes, oh, I yeah. poo-pooed in my pants. Oh. <laughs> and I, I like look down at her. Her pull up is like on like the, like half one foot on, one foot off. She's like dragging a poop diaper across her floor. Oh, <laughs> poor thing. It's kind of my fault. She couldn't get out yeah. to go to the bathroom, but <laughs> <laughs> that's a core memory right there. Oh, thank you. <laughs> hey, what did I miss? Yeah, yeah, we're potty training her right now too, and we're trying to get her to. Understand that you poop inside the toilet. <laughs> As opposed to... That's... Wait, I didn't hear Chris's show and Chris's uh, favorite soda. Yeah, so my show was uh, Yellowstone, uh, 1863, and then my soda was Sprite because 7-Up is just never going to catch up. 7-Up's garbage. And then I also said Yeehaw, I that and rhymed. I referred to all of our audience members as Night Wranglers. But I found an even better one right here. There's a, something called a Jigger Boss. A Jigger Boss is a second in command to the Buckaroo Boss. You're really and about often to call fans. the Buckaroo's horses for the day. Oh, you're, oh, really, you're really about to, to call our fans Jiggers? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But we could put Boss on the end and it sounds even better. I, <laughs> it doesn't make it better. I, I, I'm not even getting close to that. I still think like no. Wranglers out there would totally work, but everyone had to, everyone had to poo-poo on the I'm, on I'm that. thinking about bum buckers. Bum buckers is the way to the go. Buckaroos. Buckaroos. <laughs> the coin up cowboy cowboys. The, the the what is a herd of is a herd of cows? Is a herd of cows? What is what is a group of cows uh, called? Maybe I can herd. Honda on you. A herd. Call them the herd. Yeah. The nerd herd. That's why we call them a herd of cows. The the nerd the nerd herd. What's up, nerd herd? There you go. <laughs> Bumbuckers. What up, you bumfuckers? Gotcha, gotcha. So I, so I was trying to call them cool cowboys and cowgirls, but Steven's like, I got this great idea. Let's call them heifers. Do that. Let's call them cows. The heifers? What's that, heifers? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Heifer. Young female cow raised to replace the older cows. <laughs> All right. Let's jump into topics, shall we? Yeah. Okay. Randomize or randomized. That's done. We go down to the batting order. Mr. Uh, Mr. Pooh. Your turn. You're <laughs> up for a topic. Let's see what you brought us. Oh, this topic is well developed. Let me get my, oh, my. I had a therapist hat around here. So, yes. Therapist hat? What is it? What the fuck is a therapist hat? Probably, really, my my psychiatrist really hat. Oh, like a goddamn hat, Steven. I don't know where it is. You need to get in, get in character. It's going to be gone for another 20 minutes. Oh, God. Just <laughs> pillow. Doing the pillow. Oh, grabbing what is is, he he, is that where pillow? he keeps his hats? It's <laughs> <laughs> <is> happening. <laughs> Something's happening. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Listeners out I don't there. Know what the fuck you're trying to accomplish with this? Steven walked into the cot. What are you doing? It's like a psychic. <laughs> it's a work in progress. <laughs> Would you like to get your future read? <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that your do rag? <laughs> It's going into a do-rag, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. It was great how you had it the first time when you, like, tied it. 
So, so the therapist she goes to has this type of hat supposed, that we're telling me? I was going me? for a term. Damn, dude. I didn't really. I didn't get it. I didn't get it, really. Okay. Oh. Psychologist Steve here, please. I don't even want to do my topic anymore. I hate it. Why? It's actually a really good one. I have this whole spiel. Pouring knowledge onto our listeners. Let's go. Yeah. Get PR into it. listeners about to get a so wet. wearing cowpoke. All right. So I was at a birthday party the other day. Yeah, oh, man, I really don't want to do this topic. Okay. Well, then don't do it. <laughs> do it. Your backup topic. Oh, my, ba- oh, my backup topic. Uh, Project Blue Project Bluebeam. Yeah. Go for Project we do Project Bluebeam, bro. Yeah. I mean, you you could just try to I, I know all about Project Bluebeam. I can chat about that. The, like newest conspiracy. That's oh, it's not new, bro. I read about Project Bluebeam like 15 years ago. That's old shit. Supposed to be like a artificial alien invasion that will unite. That's part of like the end game plan. Right. Is all about new world order. New world order, globalization, and yeah. Now they've been talking lately about how we've been getting little alien probes. So they've been shooting down these like alien brooms. The mothership's coming. When you talk about a new world order, what are you talking yeah. about? Globalization, as in like who's going you to know, be the head? like the uh, ultimate like leader of the new worlds and the world uniting as one. Not like in a uh, like a fancy like nice way. Like the world uniting as one, so they can control us all. Because yeah, the whole idea is the only way the world could ever like find peace within itself is if we had a greater threat that came from outside of our planet. So instead of it actually happening, the the people that want to have power over the entire world are going to project an alien invasion into the skies so everyone believes we're being attacked. That's Project Bluebeam. It's projections in the sky that look real. It was like Independence Day? Yeah. That's cool. So is that like what everyone in the middle of America is saying, like a spaceship, UFOs and stuff? Well, it could be either. Or either you believe there's actually aliens out there, or, or you believe it's the government trying to make us believe that it's aliens. Don't say that is the government. There's... All right, so I was at a birthday party the other day, <laughs> and, as I, and as I looked around the room, I haven't really gone down that rabbit hole yet. But anyways, I'll go to my original topic. Okay, I'm ready to talk about it. Um, so I was at a kid's birthday party the other day. What's up with that? You know? Angel? Okay. What? Hey. Are you sure you're paying attention? It's very important. Uh, absolutely. I am I'm here and I'm awake. I've got my strawberry and cream soda. I'm listening. You know, you look around at like the people, the friends you have that have kids and you, you don't see the people that don't have kids. Uh, it makes me always think about the shit that happens in our life that makes you stop being friends with people. And my hypothesis is that um, any kind of separation, not just the physical like distance type of separation, will ultimately destroy a friendship or a relationship. So I always like to think about what are the different kind of separations that may happen in our lives. And I kind of broke it down into... three different areas for i think chris was trying to add more into my topic but um <laughs> to be determined fuck, fuck you chris i don't know who wrote that down there <laughs> okay so i think the first thing in my life that uh created a big separation was uh school education so i had some friends you know in the neighborhood people that um i grew up with but in elementary school this is a little bit of a humble brag but i was put in like the advanced placement classes in sixth grade at that point i noticed a lot of my friends that i had already grown up with were like peace out you're a fucking nerd so i feel like being with the same 20 kids like every period from like sixth grade to eighth grade 
like limited my friend. I lost a lot of friends there. And then in my town, my high school, there was two high schools in my town. Uh, so like the more affluent kids went to West Hills, which was across the way. And then like all the other scrubs went to Santana, which is where I went. So I feel like I lost another 50% of my friends there. Then going to college, I think in college, like choosing to go to college, I think there was like definitely some like disdain from some of my friends that like stayed home, like never did anything after high school, just kind of worked. And then I'm off farting around at college. Like, I think they get this feeling that like, I'm better. Or I think I'm better than them or something. I don't know. But I feel like that lost a lot of friends because it created a lot of like separation, not just distance. What I could see from that is like, kind of like you said, if you, when you graduate high school, it seems like you either go to secondary education or you go into the workforce in some fashion. Yes. Kind of noticing that same thing too. Like I would, I had like a part-time job because I was filled with classes all week. So on the weekends, I would have to spend some of my time actually doing homework and stuff. But for people who work, they're like, hey, the weekend is, I have nothing to do, nothing to follow up till Monday. Let's go have a great time. I'm like, oh, well, we could do that, but I got to get a few of these important things done and it was like oh come on man just push that off to like sunday night you'll figure it out like don't worry about it yeah i think that like friends don't have patience for you know like you're not available anymore like they don't sit there and go oh well he's you know getting education he's working hard he's trying to make ends meet all this stuff They're like no he can't hang out he can't have fun like i'm gonna stop inviting him to shit like i'm just gonna and it creates that like distancing it starts to happen and like you like always hit each other up like yeah man let's do something this weekend yeah yeah dude. like you know like over time it just you just stop because someone's not available. But I think like school fucks with friendships a lot. I feel like that's why a lot of my friends to this day are people I met in college because that's when your life starts to set roots in an area. And can't think of any, I don't really have any friends from back home in San Diego anymore. <clears throat> but anyways, uh, that's like one of the three things. The next thing was financially, I think kind of how like your income bracket, where you're around. And I also think like how you choose to spend your money, like dictates a lot of your friendships and like, and like, it, and like you lose a lot of friendships when you start to be the type of person that can afford more things. I think there's like a famous episode of friends where Joey and Jennifer, Rachel, and I forget who else didn't really have any money, but like Rachel and Ross and Chandler and going out to dinner, let's go out to dinner. They're all at dinner. And then like, it's expensive so like the other the rich the people that are making money are like buying whatever they want eating whatever they want and they look over at the like phoebe and joey and rachel and they're like uh are you guys gonna eat and they're like oh no we're fine with just the salads i tell and the bill comes and they're like let's just put this evenly all six of us and they're like having issue with it and like it, it started to come out like hey we can't do everything that you guys do because you have more money and then like i think that's a big man i'm fucking boring myself okay well, you can, <laughs> you can, no you that's... can even take it to like like a fat like you know let's say you go to disneyland and like you get a fast pass and then the other group's like no i don't want to spend money on a fast pass you're like well i guess you guys wait here while i'll go catch that other ride and yeah, then come back it's like a small example of like the bigger picture right you know the people going to coachella and the people going vacationing and traveling and doing all these things like they're creating these bonds and making friendships the people who aren't doing it they're fomoing or they're upset or they're kind of getting jealous that they're not doing it right and like they start to have like a disdain for the people and they just don't want to like they either can't or just don't want to spend time with them over time not sure if i've lost anybody 
I don't know if I've lost any friendships like that. I feel like Chris might have that a little bit. I mean, you had a few f- close friends that I've seen throughout my time knowing you that kind of have gone away. What do you think the reasons were for that? Yeah, I kind of, I think it was kind of a combination of the things you talked about. I feel like I had some friends that like distance just kind of, you know, just slowly started to stop talking to each other as much. I had the educational difference. Like when, you know, my, uh, there was only two high schools in Yucca Valley and I went to the smaller private school. And so my senior graduating class was 33 students and only four, only four of us left Yucca Valley to like go to college or something. So um, I think some of the other ones were like, Hey, I think I'm going to start a family. I'm going to start kind of the work business. So, and just a few of us went, went off for go do some more college stuff. So I saw that kind of go by. And then, and then I did, I did have, and I've seen that interaction of the, the money, the money issue being there, you know, instead of I wanted, you know, if I I want to do something small, I'm like, Hey, let's do something a little bit bigger. And then I can see, you know, those other groups of like, well, Hey man, I can't, I can't spend all this money to keep up with you. And I can see that that could, you know, can cause some friction too. So I've, yeah, I've I feel like I've personally seen like when you used to do like Vegas things and like when you would fork out money kind of just generously towards things. I feel like people would get like upset about that sometimes. I don't know if you remember all that. Yeah, that, that one kind of went in reverse. So it, it was it was kind of the same the same reason. Like I I had been, I got a uh, I was I was uh, somewhat recently divorced, so I had like spare money on hand, and I also uh, my job was getting real steady with Oltman's, my first big construction company job. So I was I was happy with the paychecks I was getting. So I was like, hey man, I want to go to Vegas, but I th- I thought that same thing through. I said, hey, I don't want to drag people to Vegas and force them to spend all this money to hang out with me. So my solution to that was I'm going to go to MGM and I'm going to get this big two-room suite and then everyone could just come and hang out and I'll just cover the suite and we'll hang out and go from there. But then, you know, there's there, there, that could go the other way too. Like, hey, you know, I, I can afford my own room too, which, you know, I'm like, oh yeah, you know, you don't want to imply that either. People just get mad about anything these days, to be honest. Ryan, how's your relationship with all that? Because I, when I first met Ryan, he had a ton of high school friends or what I assume was high school friends. Oh yeah, they all just kind of faded off into the sunset. But most of us yeah, I just do you, don't want to do anything. Is it financial or is it just like a, the, an interest have, level? I think it's more of like an interest level. And then just, they just became homebodies. It's got more comfortable just drinking at home and not really wanting to go out and do things and make new friends type of thing. Interest. I feel like interest is a big deal. Like not just financial. Like, like you said, it's not just financial. It's, hey, I'm just not interested in going out to bars. I'm not interested in, you know, going to Las Vegas. I'm not interested in going on like a camping trip. You know, I just want to be at home. You know, your interests change as you get older and it creates that separation. I think that it is and nice. Staying at home is real fucking nice sometimes. I think I got to the point. I, <laughs> yes. I've been to the point older in I my get. life where sometimes like hanging out at the homes, like there was definitely a period in my life where like hanging out at a home, just drinking was sounded terrible. I was like, no, I want to do something fun while I drink. I want to do an activity. I want to be out doing something. And then it kind of swing, the pendulum swing. And I did too much of the things. And I was like, dude, I just want to fucking sit at home and not pay $8 for my beer and just like cook a pizza in the oven and just fucking drink and watch stand-up comedy with, you know, Richard on my couch, you know, that's fun. But I don't know where I'm at now. I guess that's the next thing is like marriage kids. I think that was like what I thought about the most at um, the birthday party that I was at. I was like, dude, kids are like friendship killer, like numero uno. I feel after I got married, there was some like bullshit where it was like, oh, you're married now. Like the single dudes are like, peace out. (laughs) Like they don't hit you up no more. Like they know you're tied down. They know you're married. 
they know you're not going to go out and have a good time. So you just don't see them anymore. Um, but kids, man, getting a kid is just like the instant deal breaker for a lot of friendships because you become super, super tied down. And the only people that kind of understand you are people who have kids. And then like, there are some friends that stick around and are supportive of you and your family. But I feel like that's rare. Like for every Ryan out there, that's actually going to like say hi to Maddie and like, you know, be a good influence in her life. There's like, I don't know, a handful of people that are just like not about it at all. They just, they peace out. I don't know if that's happened to you, Chris or Angel. No, Ryan doesn't have kids yet. I got no babies. Yeah. Only kids. It was interesting to see uh, Alex and <laughs> Natasha. I feel like, you know, they... It was like a light bulb kind of went off in their head. I think they, I think there's an understanding you have towards other parents once you have a kid. You go, oh, okay. <laughs> I get it. I, I definitely thought that once we had Maddie and I was like to Chris and Tanya and I'm like, shit, I see it now. I see it. I get you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've seen that. I've seen that before too. I've had people invite me like, hey, let's, let's, let's go to, it wasn't, let's go to Vegas, but it was like, let's, let's, let's go out somewhere. And I was like, okay, well, I'll probably need to go in a little bit early because I'll need to bring the kid with me and they were like oh you're not just gonna like find a babysitter and leave them at home and i'll be like well no i'm going out of you know i'm going a few hours away so i need to take them with me and i'll hang out with you guys during the day and then go back and then it was like you know what on on second thought why don't you just why don't you stay home with that okay got it yeah you know I, everything you've talked about tonight up to, up to this point Stephen and chris and ryan it's been it's it's a very interesting topic that i've been thinking about for the last two decades it's what i think about it is coming from like so like when i was younger I, I went to private schools and my parents weren't rich you know, they weren't like super wealthy, but, you know, they wanted us to go to private schools. So we went to private schools and, you know, uh, going from middle schools to, to high schools to, to college. And then after that, you know, it's it boils down to what your priorities are. You know, when you're when you're younger and, and there's no wrong answer. Right. When you're younger, you want to do well in school. You prioritize studying uh, because, you know, later down the line, you're going to have a better job or you're going to be more successful in school, uh, in higher education. And other people just want to have a good time because they realize that life's short or, you know, whatever their reason is for doing that and and friends come and go because priorities change as you grow up especially getting married or getting into a relationship your friends change because you're spending your time differently uh having a child really changes everything i didn't even expect I think that chris and tanya got my hopes up a little bit i think chris and tanya did a good job uh balancing friendships in social life with easton uh gave me a lot of hope that i would do a lot of shit with maddie <laughs> not not the same i'll be honest i don't know not how the they same. keep up that energy <laughs> <laughs> like lots, lots of cocaine. There was a significant drop once Riley came oh, around. Yeah. Like oh, there yeah. was a significant change. Oh like, yes. Me, like think twice, three times about considering another kid. I'm like, oh my god. I've seen all my friends that have two kids. It's a game changer. It is so much more work, and that little bit of like happiness and like energy you had left is like squashed. <laughs> so you're just, <laughs> yeah, you're just yeah. like, dude. I'm just trying to get through the day, man. Give my one hour at the end of the night. I just want to play fucking video games. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I feel like Easton in, in the grand scheme of things was a fairly easy kid. And then so it was, if there was any kind of issues, Tony and I were just able to tag team switching back and forth. So it gave the appearance like there was always a energized, fresh faced adult ready to take some more tequila shots or whatever. While the other ones like working on Easton, whatever. So it wasn't too bad. But then when Riley came around, he's like lots of handful, lots of upsetness, doesn't want to play ball. So, yeah, it's definitely, definitely sucking the, some of the energy out. I think there's it's going to be a level, though. 
because they're at the what Riley's a year and a half, Easton's four. I remember when I was a kid, when I got into like elementary school or even like late elementary school, when all the kids were kind of autonomous. We would, my parents' group of friends would go to someone's house and they would say, okay, all the kids in the backyard outside, have fun, don't kill each other. And then when I would come inside, there's like card games going around, the beers going, the giggles are happening. And I'm like, okay, so they got to that next level where they could start resuming yeah. that because the kid's more autonomous. Do you see parenting but I think like that, that is in our future. The way I see parenting in our era is that the, the parents are just following around their kids constantly when like i'm i was like you when we grew up me and my cousins would get together boogie to the back bedroom play dinosaurs play video games super nintendo whatever you know we would leave them alone for hours and i don't, I don't see any parents letting their kids do that right now yeah i i agree i feel like there's uh even even when my kids are in the backyard it's like oh hey wait so some can we see them through the window you know and you're right i didn't have that when i was a kid but also i don't remember this age when i was a kid either so I think it's, I think it's as they get older, hopefully that will happen, you know, but right now they, you know, they could be choking on anything. Yeah. Like, like Riley likes to take her hair tie out and chew on it and try to choke on it. So I have to keep pulling it out of her See, mouth. When I was growing up, my parents, like, I don't know, you, your parents sounded like they had friends, but there was, the, the, our family friends were very, very limited. Uh, it was mostly just family. We just hung out with family growing up. Like, I don't remember my dad having a buddy. My dad didn't have a buddy that he would go hang out with. My mom didn't mm. have like a friend she would go see. It was always her sister or somebody like, or one of our friends. Like if I had made a friend in class, like they would get to know their parents a little bit, but I don't know. I see. I have like a bunch of friends. Maddie's going to grow up seeing all my friends, but I didn't have that at all. Did you guys have that? Yeah. I remember the, 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 my parents' friends coming over and then like, oh, you can just hang out in your room, play video games all you want. Doing their own thing. They were swinging. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. I think, I think we worked out. So for, you didn't yeah. have a you didn't have a punch bowl yeah. for keys in your house. What would you do if you found out those parties were like know. secret swinger parties that you were forced to sit in the back room? <laughs> so, so good for you, I guess. <laughs> I think for my dad, it worked out because my dad, there was, it was like three or four guys that he, they were, he was close friends with in high school. They were all in the same grade. They all graduated high school together. And then they all stayed in Yucca Valley together, started having families, started having kids. And then all the kids were about the same age. That's probably how it worked out. And I don't think a lot of situations happen that way, but there was four or five guys that went to high school that were able to hang out late in life, you know, and I like my, myself, I mean, I, I'm not even yuck, in Yucca Valley, so I'm in a different situation. And that's probably what was happening with you and your family. I mean, Stephen, most of your family's in Michigan, aren't they? Michigan, they all spread out. Yeah. Um, my dad grew up in Michigan. He moved out here later in life. So, of course, he didn't have a lot of friends out here. And my mom lived, uh, I think she lived in San Diego for a while. I would say she will run into more people that she knows. But I remember, well, they would get like, the friends ended up being like the Girl Scout uh, my sister was in like the moms in that group would get together and have bunko nights and stuff. So those are like the only fam like friend, but they were, I didn't really know who the, the women were. Yeah, anyways. Yeah. Brittany tells me that all the time. It's like, we're going to be forced friends with their friends. Like my kids, friends. Yeah. At Maddie's parents. birthday party, we had invited some of her classmates. We had no idea who her, their parents were, never met them, but we knew those were her like closest friends in the daycare. So we gave them invites and they all were like, yeah, we'll come. Like oh shit, we gotta fucking socialize with them. <laughs> 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 like, what, what the fucking weird? And one of them, one 
one of them was super quiet and she just kind of hung out with her kid was fine the other one like the one that was pregnant i don't know if you guys remember she was cool she talked to, like everybody and then ezra's dad who was just kind of this cool like middle-aged dude wearing like punk clothes like sweatshirt and just, you know, like, i was like all right what's up man he's really really kind so it ended up being really good and i'm like happy there was a lot of other people to break dice there was no i knew like one of them was out in front and nobody was there yet at all and i'm like oh fuck this person i don't know is gonna come in at the meet the first time i can fucking ask questions <laughs> act interested and shit <laughs> like then it's like everybody showed up like you guys all pulled up and i was like oh fuck thank god <laughs> podcasting i'm wondering why you're wearing a turban on your head mel watch where you step in maddie's room i feel like steven should wear that hat more often yeah we can't can't call the pillowcase a hat (laughs) uh uh, link (laughs) called it a hat so what is it called what is it the hood the cap anyways maintaining friends yeah and a lot of that a lot of that angst i think is ego People feel insecure. They feel superior. Yeah, I never wanted to be. I don't. I don't have the desire to be superior over anybody else. But I think people like took it as that, like me being in like an advanced class. Like the normies, they fucking hate on you. They fucking think you're like the worst. It's like, what did I do other than just like took harder math? And then you know, people. Oh, he's going to college. He he thinks he's like this or that. It's whatever. Uh, it's it's just ego. It's people feel insecure so they start judging and get defensive and they don't know well did did you feel like that when you got your house or anything like that like chris got his house early on in terms of like age where everybody else was getting it like i don't know if you felt like anybody looked like at you like oh how does he have this or anything like that yeah you you know it's it's actually funny i do i do have that example there's it's when the the first thing i purchased was a condo in downtown la habra so um it's not it was not a house it was a scary neighborhood it was there was locks on the doors things like that but it was kind of like the entry starter one so i got i got in there and my my buddy shane from bible study i remember i I was telling him and rez about it this that and i was pretty excited so i was probably like oh and it has this and i got it cleaned up and this that and the other and it was like like much much time later uh when i was talking to shane he was like hey man i gotta be honest with you when when you said you know you got the condo and you're telling me about it he's like i got i got i got jealous i got i got pretty jealous about it that you know i was like man i got my job going i'm working hard at my job and i can't get a condo yet and i think i think like a few years went by and he was able to get a condo down in the i think it was the santa Ana area and then once he had that he was able to be like uh you know man hey and kind of talk about that way so yeah, I could I could see that vibe coming coming across. Angel, when did you even get your house? You had your house ever since I've known you. It's been a couple of years. It's, it's been a while. But yeah, I had the same thing with a couple of my friends too. They would they would say a lot of a lot of backhanded stuff, and, and one of them already had a house too. And I'm like, what, what are you what are you doing? Like, why would you say something like that? <laughs> and it's 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 insecurity. You know, it's all it's all just insecurity. And and to Chris's comment, it's you know it's it's what you accept in your life. And uh, you, you deserve everything that you accept. You know, uh, say say tonight, you know, we're, we're recording this podcast. We're sitting here having a discussion. Uh, we could be doing this or we can be uh, sitting on the couch watching TV. We can be watching cartoons. We could be watching, or not, or Ryan. Ryan would probably watch some, not a cartoon. A history channel. Um, educate, educate <laughs> history channel. 60 yeah, minutes. Yeah, yeah. Right up Chris's alley. Oh, boy. <laughs> or we could be uh, forming, um, I don't know, uh, an investment firm. You know, we can... We could be doing grand things. We could do whatever we want. Me and Ryan already had started an investment club. So, there we go. <laughs> but the thing is, like, whatever comes out of that in the next day, in the next week, month, year, you work to get it. So you deserve every bit of whatever comes out of it. If you decide to spend an entire year sitting on your ass, getting fat, eating, 
wasting your life, wasting your time. Well, it's not wasting your life if you're enjoying it, I guess, but wasting your time, then you look at someone who's been in the gym working out or someone who's been working hard. You don't know me. <laughs> working on their, at their job, you know, staying late. Uh, they, they have no room to, to say otherwise because they accepted that sitting on the couch every single night for a year was acceptable. So they deserve what they get. Just as someone who works really hard at their job and works to keep their family together and stuff like that, they, they, they deserve a happy family and a good job. Yeah, I definitely got a lot of backhanded compliments from Mel's side of the family, I would say, for the house and our wedding. Like the wedding was, it was nice. You know, we spent some good amount of money on it and it was like everybody like went and saw like, oh, wow, there's like flowers. There's all this stuff. A lot of her family's from like poor East LA. Yeah. They're from like poor East LA. They do all their weddings, you know, like more humbly, like, you know, at the church, you know, and then go to the, the hall and then you have like a little reception, you know, so coming to ours, I felt like was, some of them felt like it was like a... Kind of showy, like a show. And, and, and I'm not used to that because every wedding that I've been to with all of our friends, it's like just like how kind of I did my wedding. Uh, so I didn't think nothing of it. But all of her family was like, wow, we're not used to this. This is like too much. This is, wow, must be nice. You know, kind of crap, you know. And it's like, oh, okay. And then we got the house. It's like, oh, you live out here in Rancho. I'm like, I don't really think anything much of Rancho. I grew up and went to school in like much nicer areas, richer areas. You know, buying a house in Rancho is just like, oh, that's like a starter home kind of that's what I'm thinking and saying to people. And it's like, they're looking at me like you're a fucking dick. Like I would love to have a house out here or something like that. Like you're just kind of, I don't know. I feel like you're just damned if you do damned if you don't sometimes, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, your, your wedding was beautiful. Um, I, I remember it was gorgeous. Just the, you had a fucking Disney wedding angel. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) And and it was beautiful. And I even got backhanded comments for that too. I got, I heard a lot. uh, Oh, cause everybody knows Disney weddings. Like it's like a a level of wedding, right? Cause everybody knows it. It was, it was very beautiful and we worked really hard to, to get it, you know? Um, yeah. So because people start adding up the cost of things in their head. Like, oh, I know how much this costs because I fucking watched that Disney documentary on Disney Plus of all the weddings that they do there and how much this shit costs. And everybody wrote me a card, and one of the biggest comments on the card was like, Do you know what you could have done with $40,000? <laughs> like listing, <laughs> listing all the, and Richard, like Richard, like listed all the things that I could have done with that money. And he said, "Have fun being married. Love you." <laughs> I like I it. House, Richard keeps I'm like, yeah, I know. It would be like if I would have bought a house instead of getting married in 2018. Man, I would have been fucking two cities over and five streets up. Oh well. Yeah, we we did the Disney wedding because I asked Brittany before we got engaged. I. Yeah, it is. It wasn't. It was. I said, out of our relationship for the rest of our lives, what are two things? Or what are two things? What are what are things like? What are you have to have? Because you can't negotiate away. I need to deliver this as part of my promise to you. And then I gave her mine. But hers were two things. She needs a kick-ass ring and the wedding of her dreams. Ryan, what do you what do you envision for your wedding? Are you gonna do you envision like a ceremony or eloping or what do you want to do? Lots of booze. Vegas. We're having a ceremony. We were talking about doing a tiki cruise recently. Ooh. So you do like a tiki cruise with everybody on it, so it goes right from like the little ceremony right down to the, the cruise booze? Yeah. Good. At least half your party will have yeah. like seasickness. It's okay. They don't deserve to be on the wedding cruise anyways. <laughs> Pussies. Everybody else will have a good time. I'll have a great time. I've never been seasick in my life. <laughs> this will be the one time you get seasick. <laughs> 
Oh, nothing would make you guys happier than seeing me just barfing off the back of the boat. <laughs> I'm excited for that. But Angel, when, so when Brittany stepped out of the chariot, right? Or a chariot? Yeah. It's like the Cinderella chariot thing. Biggest smile. She had it down. I was like, oh, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. Walk up there. Thoroughly enjoyed that one. Thanks. And I've never taken tequila shots with the Mickey Mouse either. That was enjoyable. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. If you think his wedding was cool, you should have been at his bachelor party. Oh, oh. <laughs> what are you talking about? I don't remember that at all. So who's the I next don't topic? Anything. Who's got the next topic? Yeah. I, I plead the fifth. Oh, let me let me go grab a let me go okay, grab some yeah. water water bottles. Ryan's the next topic. Got a, I know he's thirsty. Oh, he's, thirsty. Got, he's, he's quite parched <laughs> and he needs to drink a little bit of water before his segment. Got to stay hydrated. Actually, next is Chris. Oh, boy. Okay, Chris. So I wanted to roll into a unique night that I had the other night. So uh, so at my house, um, I'm a, I'm like an uber-prepared guy. Like uh, like I have the extra water in my garage. I have extra food and have like a, to like a bug-out bag and things like that. And I... I think that was a byproduct of when, when I lived in Yucca Valley, We I remember the 1994 Landers earthquake. It was like a 7.4, and it like knocked out power, water, and gas to our house. But I think I was like somewhat traumatized from that of like, oh, I got to have it ready because I remember when we turned the faucet on, the water didn't come out. And so I have all this stuff ready, and, uh, and one of the ready things is I put up like a super low-key security system in the aspect of it's basically just sensors on like my three doors into my house. So if it's, uh, you know, and, I, and I, I put a timer on it, so it's like after midnight, it turns on and then it turns off at like 5 a.m. So, But if, if any of those doors open during that time period, an alarm will go off. But it's not going to go to like a central monitoring station. It's just going to start beeping in the house. It was like the middle of the night and I get a message on my phone and I look at it and it says garage door open. And not like my main garage door, but like my side, my man door on the side. There's someone in the house. I like go over there and I get like my pistol out. And it was like the first time I had, I actually had to like, I like oh. put one in the chamber nice. and I'm like walking down the stairs. I'm like, okay, don't turn the lights on. Cause I can't let him see me. But I, I get into my kitchen, put like my back up against the wall, like uh, under the window and I'm listening and I like hear noise and stuff outside. So I'm looking, it's like, okay, garage door. Got it. I'm going to have to do something. I stand up. What do you think is the next thing that happened? You stepped on a Lego. I stepped on a stupid <laughs> Lego. I wanted to say that. I wanted to say that. It was uh, kind of new. Topic, so. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was like, it was barefoot. I was making a direct focus step. So I stepped real hard on it, and I swear that Lego must have been tilted sideways. It was a nice, like, two-by-eight block, and it was sticking up on the corner, and Oh God! I, I like fell, like stepped and fell over it, and I had to compose myself before realizing that the sensor battery just died. <laughs> there was no one in my house. Oh, my God. Did you was, discharge? Uh, no, no, no. no. Didn't, didn't discharge. No. Nope. Oh, okay. Write that down. Write that down. Top three pain that you can experience around your house on every day basis. <laughs> Stepping on a Lego. Like, got to be up there. Stubbing toe, stubbing your pinky toe. Ugh. Yes, that was the worst. So, uh, so because of that, I started thinking about this Lego and why it's in my house, and I started, I started kind of like it gave me, you know, after the pain went away, I kind of got like a little bit of a nostalgia feel from it. Um, so I just kind of wanted to, I wanted to talk about some, uh, some Legos. So, pitch it out to you guys. Did you guys have Legos when you were younger? Fucking ass, I did. Yeah. Okay. What were some of the sets you had? Uh, I had the NASA like. Space shuttle one. I had like a, this semi truck one that came with like two semi trucks. We had just like a bunch of Legos, and we always build houses with them. But 
don't know the specific sets. I had like a lunar landing one. Nice. What about you, Ryan? No, I, I never got into them. I think I played with them at school a little bit, but I, I did not have Legos at home. Well, I know what I'm getting you for your birthday. <laughs> I mean, some of the sets I have now are pretty cool. They're fucking expensive as shit. Like the adult ones is like $500 for a fucking castle or something. It seems yeah. pretty cool. I don't have the time or patience for that. What, what about you, Angel? Did you have a favorite set growing up? No. No, I, I didn't. I didn't get into Legos. It was too. Uh, there are so many sets. Like if it had like the the unique super like it, it was it was either the the instructions were so it didn't have like a complete area like you could build. Like now they have the Hogwarts one and you can do the the, the spaceship like the Millennium Falcon. But no, no, not when I was gotcha, a kid. gotcha. So so with that being said, I'm guessing when you guys did and when all of you interacted with Legos, were you more of like a be like a free builder or you're like you wanted to like build per the instructions and then you wanted that thing to stay we had a huge box we had a huge once the set was built broken down thrown into the big bin of legos and it was just at that point just an all together yep so we just free built and we build like little like airports and then fly our airplanes like through the house then like land them back and play like town you know play like a city nice the city city vibe i was watching on netflix they have this show called the toys that made us they do an episode on legos and so some of the some of the fun tidbits i got out of that show was uh the so first off legos were originated in danish dutchland um that area Deutschland? Deutschland? no it's denmark that's the word i'm looking for denmark yeah but denmark's where it originated and danish word leg and got is play well so they just put lay go together and that's how they came up with lego so lego means play well the two by four bricks that they manufactured have the same patent from 1958 if you go buy a brand new block today it is based on the design from 1958 and with that being said if you found a lego from 1958 and a Lego from today, you put them together, clip, no problem. Now, I started thinking about it. Imagine being like, imagine like Mattel or Hasbro. Imagine if they were still building off their patents from the 50s or 60s, right? It just wouldn't work. Did they even last that long? they, the yeah, they do. They with. do expire. But so even though it expired, they still build per that patent, though. But that's why they have a lot more comp- competitors right Mega now. Mega block. But same, same. They were like, they were like, we're not. Yeah, oh gosh, there was, there was like nine different groups that like did the exact same Lego. And the only way you can tell them different is on the Lego blocks. Each little circle, they put Lego, Lego emblem on it. And so people who don't do that, that's a non. On average, every person on Earth owns eighty-six Lego bricks. All eleven billion of us wow. own eighty-six Lego I have bricks. Zero right now. Mine are all at my in-laws, being tortured by the kids. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. I have exactly eighty-six in my drawer. There you go. It's a good number. Don't don't get any more. In twenty twelve, forty-five billion Lego bricks were produced at a rate of five point two million an hour wow. in twenty twelve. Five million of plastic an hour. It's not very responsible. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> the Lego Group is one of the world's largest tire manufacturers. Tire creating tires. Tire tires for their Lego sets. <laughs> yeah. You guys, follow me. Oh, come on. Yeah. They're producing more tires than normal automobile tires. Yeah, because they're smaller. Yeah, true, yeah. true. Laid end to end, those 45 billion bricks that they made in 2012, it would go around the world 18 times. And then some of the adult bricks that Ryan were talking about was the Lego architecture set as like some key sets, but it's like the uh, Lincoln Memorial, the Louvre, the Trevor Fountain, the Golden Gate Bridge. Like there's some real gnarly 
Lego sets out there. Consider connects. No, they had like so they have Lego Technic, which is like that version that you put like a motor in. So they had they had like that one on there. The brick. So the Legos that you have. So Stevie, you're saying the Legos you have are at your in-laws' house. So just know that those Legos, when Maddie grows up, or even when Maddie gives it to her kids, they're still going to interconnect with the same Legos you had. Even the Legos when I had when I was a kid, I got mine handed me down from uh, a family friend that was like 15 years older than us. So my first set was all of his leftover random pieces. Do you think Legos will be the longest living toy? Ever. Yes, they're they're the biggest toy company in the world. Well, like I think in three hundred years, Legos will still be a thing. I don't know if any toy will last as long. Yeah, oh, because well, it, it, it's Dolls. the same teddy bears. But not the same teddy bear. The same you can't find a teddy bear from the nineteen fifties that's still made the same today. Yeah. yeah. It's the it's the same thing. It's the patent changing, the product changing, the demand changing. You know, what kids want nowadays are different. The Lego found out a way to do it the same way. Netflix, it's a good documentary on there. Um, have any of you guys been to Legoland? Been to the Disney. No. I feel like I don't belong there because I don't, I don't have kids. <laughs> yeah, it's like when I think of Disneyland, like Disneyland can cater to every age group. But I feel like Legoland, it's like the sweet spot. Your kid's like three, four, five-ish, till they're, like, sixth grade. Like, I think by the time they get to junior high, it, they might be, like, too cool for there. But uh, I took Easton there, and it was, like, super discounted compared to what Disneyland has. But when I was there, they have a mini land. So, and I think that's Lego's big thing, is they're just going to build things that everyone's familiar with. So when I went there, they had mapped out Las Vegas Boulevard and built it to scale. What? <laughs> wow. Yeah. The M- that's awesome. The MGM, the, like, underground bars, the cars drive driving around. They did Las Vegas. They did New York, the New York skyline. They did uh, Los Angeles. And then when I was there, they were like 80% complete with SoFi Stadium. And I guess SoFi Stadium is supposed to be like one of their biggest like model things ever. Like if I was inside the stadium standing on the field, I think the field was like 10, 15 feet long. So you can kind of use that as like a term of scale. So we so we could all stand in there and like put our hands up and look up into the stands. Mm, yeah. Incredible. So, it's so do you, so you took Easton, I imagine that he likes to play with Legos. Loves it. Do you participate, do you play with them together or is it just, okay, I'm going to watch you play and uh, I'm going to do my own kind of Lego, the extra hard version what how's that dynamic? yeah so it's actually i feel like when we first started playing with legos i feel like he was having a hard time putting them together you, you can you can connect them but you really gotta like push down and make sure they're like really firmly in place but i feel like when we first started doing it i kind of had to like hover on that but now when we do it he's like all right dad we're gonna build a junkyard all right that sounds great he's like i'm gonna work over here you work over there and then we just kind of go to town and it works out because i get start nerding out and i'm like all right i'm gonna build it like this and like this now so i get the i get to enjoy i get to enjoy doing my thing while he's enjoying doing his thing when we're at legoland we stayed in the hotel which is pretty cool which again it's like super catered for kids so like one when you get into your room there was a treasure chest and the door and it was locked and it was a combo and there's a piece of paper there and it says if you want to open this chest you need to do the scavenger hunt through the hotel so the first one was like how many pirate flags were there in the lobby so then we're like, let's go do it. So we're running down the hallway. We get down there and we're like counting. We're like, okay, there's seven or whatever. So we're like, okay, the first number was seven. The next one was like, how many frog statues were painted red in the courtyard? And you'd have to go and check that out. And then when you get it all together, you open it up and there's a, there's a mini Lego kit in there for you. Like the one that we got pulled out is it was a parrot about like, you know, yay big, like it fit in the palm of your hands, but you could like flap its wings and everything. It took all of like, I don't know, 10 minutes to put together. But Easton thought it was so cool. 
cool. And then we wake up the next morning and it's relocked with the same question on there. We're like, okay, well, we remember this was the comp, so we open it and there's a different set in there. So every time they clean your room, they put a new set in there. I was really hoping when you said you woke up in the morning that someone snuck in while you were sleeping. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there's like a false bottom. They put and like, uh, for like Angel and Steven, do you ever have that situation where your kid is just not running out of steam, but you really want them to go to bed? Yeah, it was tonight. Okay. So do you have any strategies for trying to make that happen? Go to the park after work, kind of take her, like the daylight that we have now. Yeah, it doesn't do shit. She'll run around the park for an hour. I haven't found the trick. You find one, let me know. It's Legos, man. Maybe it's- Angel's probably got the trick. Oh, man. You know, I feel kind of guilty admitting it, but yeah. Drugs. He goes to bed at 7.30 every night. What? And uh, I just hint. Is it chloroform? Yeah. Just like, does this smell like chloroform to you, sweetie? No, it's not chloroform <laughs> as much as I want it. No. Uh, yeah, I literally just give her her tablet. And I say, okay, it's bedtime. Here's your tablet and uh, whatever else she wants. She'll stay in there and like sometimes she'll sing and sometimes she'll like play YouTube real loud. But in like 20 minutes, she'll just knock out. And I never thought to do that in a million years. But yeah, I just. So at the Lego hotel, we like ate dinner and, and now we're like walking back towards our room. And I see these signs on the wall and it says like, parents, this way. I'm like what? And I'm like following these arrows and it points to these two doors. I open the doors and then there's a big sign that says, bedtime dance party so as soon as i open these doors it's like straight up vegas rave there's lights going on there's all these kids on the floor and it's like the floor is lava the floor the kids are going buck wild and there's like chairs for like the parents to sit in the back and then there's this dj at the front that is just giving it all he has he just like all right everybody stand up <laughs> he's going for it so but this dance so this dance party exists from like 6 30 to like 8 30 and the entire goal is you bring your kid in there and just have them run some laps during the rave and then they go back to the room and pass out (laughs) and i also remember right next to that dance party there was there was like on the wall it says like push me and when you push it it makes a fart noise i love that that exists oh (laughs) so there's lines of kids waiting to push the fart noise button (laughs) they would just like do the trick yeah so yeah, I love it. There's also some adults that wanted to get over there on it too. Yeah, so speaking of like awesome gizmos and whatnot, have you guys seen the Lego movie? I saw both the Lego movies. How was it? Was it awesome? You asked if it was awesome. I'm going to tell you, Chris, everything in it was awesome. I like it. I like it. Everything is awesome. Yeah, that was Ethan loves that movie. So if there, if I just like give him the idea, like Ethan, why don't we put the Lego movie on? He's like, yes, right now on repeat. I want to watch it three times in a row. Like, all right, cool. And then I'm like singing, like everything is awesome to myself. But uh, it just seemed like such a well made movie. And so folks out there that who have not seen it yet, you need to go see it for sure. The first one. I have a different idea on the second one, but the first one was fantastic. But what made the first Lego movie so cool and so popular? It was different. Because everyone expected it to be stupid. Yes. (laughs) Rock bottom expectations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think it was bad. Batman. Yep, Batman brought it together. What about Will Ferrell? What did he do? He was Lord Business. He was the dad. And he was the dad, right? Dude. I forgot about I that. I feel like the, you know, you have great CGI and it's funny and it's got a storyline and things are going great. They kept flipping to the basement, right? Like the Lego guy falls out of the tower and he lands on the basement floor and you're like, what's going on? And then you realize the whole movie you were watching is this kid in the basement with his dad's massive Lego set and he's playing with all this stuff when he's creating the movie itself. So it's a movie within a movie, right? Yeah, dude, I completely forgot about President Business. President yeah. Business. <laughs> yeah, President the Boss, this is 
so funny. Double decker couch. Yeah. So and from that, so I start I started looking on this. Did you guys know Lego started in the fifties and they were kind of gaining ground, and then like in the nineties they were like really taking off. They were like especially like eighties and nineties they were huge. They were the thing. They were on every continent, things like that. In the late nineties they started getting a little bit of a slump. Like they were investing in like some really silly things. Like they had like a Jack Stone like cartoon that didn't really go very well, and then they were starting to like lose competition to other stuff. And then they were on the verge of bankruptcy in like 2013. Oh, was it 2013? They, they were going downhill and then they started doing the Star Wars Legos. The Star Wars Legos like kind of brought them back to life. You remember Star Wars Legos, like episode one? So the Star Wars Legos are doing really good, but the problem was all their profits were going to George Lucas, and then Harry Potter came out, and so they started doing Star Wars and Harry Potter, and things were good. But I guess in, like, 2013, there was no movie from either one of those franchises, and they lost $220 million. They had to sell one of the Legoland parks, and they were about to go bankrupt. And then they came out with, like, this brilliant idea, which was, like, the Bionicle series. And the Bionicle series kept them afloat. And then they were like, you know what? Like Star Wars, Hogwarts, Harry Potter, all these things like that. We're paying all this money out. Why don't we just create our own story? And so that's when they created like Ninjago. They created Bionicle. They created all these like interior sets that started becoming cartoons. And then that was the exact same time that they did the movie, which highlighted all of their sets. Like talk about the movie. Was it a movie or was it like a marketing campaign? Big commercial. Yeah. So it was kind of kudos to them. And they... they like, they didn't market any of the Star Wars line in that movie. They didn't market any of the Harry Potter line in that movie. They marketed their Western theme, their Knights in Armor theme, their Kitty theme, their Space theme. They did all that. And they knew that the parents who played with Legos when they were a kid brought their kids. Heard that. So they were, like, marketing to the kids and the parents. And then, like, the massive nostalgia and everything. That's kind of uh, what I was laughing out there is they had, like, Lord of the Rings in there. And they also had, like, do you remember the shack? They, they had, like, Legos during the 90s. It was just, like, he sits in a thing and he launches a ball. That was, like, in the movie, too. So they got to showcase some of their older stuff. Now they're primed to take over the world. So yeah. the the investment club committee that you guys got going on, you should invest a lot in Lego. Lego is some of my fondest childhood memories. That's all I have to say about Lego. Did you push the fart button, Steven? Yeah, you did it. You farted like three times. <laughs> I didn't know you guys could hear them. I looked at you to see your reaction and just straight face. Just Every time face. I do it, I'm like, damn it, loud. I put the mic down. <laughs> yeah, yeah you can, they come across loud and clear. I'll fix it in post. I'll make them louder. You know, that's one thing I appreciate Lego for is their brand recognition. Their, uh, what is it, the patent did expire in 2011. And still, there's very strong competitive advantage uh, because of their recognition and the movies helped. And it's it's such a great company. Even even their customer service. You know, if you've heard of these stories where you know kids will write in uh, to to you know my I lost my piece in the park or at the grocery store, they'll actually send back like a, a replacement piece and a letter from like a, like the Ninjago, like the Sensei or whatever his name is. I'm not very familiar with the story, but they'll write back. So I think that's that unique, immersive experience that people really, really enjoy. They really like yep. their kids. I was, I was able to take my Legos, give them these in. like that. He can still keep playing with them. That's probably the only thing from my childhood I think I could give him that he would reasonably play with. They just kept saying, the system. Legos like, we want everything to 
blend with itself. We don't want it to be like this part. One thing I'm not happy really. about with Legos is they're fucking expensive. They're not <laughs> as approachable as you think they should be. Like a set of Legos is like twenty nine ninety nine. Target thirty bucks for like yeah. a really basic set. I'm buying a lot of Legos. Yeah, presents. very basic sets for thirty bucks. You know, like you want to get a the Mac Daddy like big box whatever piece Lego set that that you plot alone for that two hundred bucks probably. For Hogwarts? Hogwarts Castle, $500. Yeah. $500. Yeah. With a blowjob? I saw at the yeah. Lego store at the park, I think there was, like, most of the sets were averaging from, like, 30 to, like, 60 70 bucks. That was, like, the sweet spot. But, obviously, they have all the ranges for you. And the most expensive thing I found in there was, like, $350. I guarantee you it's over $1,000. But it has to be, like, something not reset. Those big architectural sets right. should be that far. It'd be a fun game to play. Is like, I did a science fair when I was a kid. It was four fourth grade i had to write instructions on how to build a lego set for my partner he would be like given instructions have to build it blind with just written instructions he couldn't draw pictures or anything he came in second place nice do you still have that direction no that'd be a great podcast challenge right you're there. like in fourth grade yeah that would be a fun challenge to do like between people you have to like you're given a random lego build like a random lego build like a bunch of things stacked you have to get them to replicate it whoever does it the most accurate with just written instructions wait wait wait, wait. Just with written instructions, try to replicate. Yeah, so you have ah, to that'd be kind of cool. As a fourth grader, you have to quickly come up with like a guide for them to do it. And like now, thinking about it now, I'll be like, okay, first you have to establish like north, south, east, west. This is make a north, make a south, make a east, make a west, and don't change it. Now all my pieces are like two by fours oriented north to south, two by four or two by six oriented east to west, stuff like that, right? Like, and then you have to describe uh, what location of the block do you put it on. So on the first row second row you know like it's it's hard for a fourth grader to come up with all that kind of shit you know like i don't know i think i just described them as like two by like or three by one or something like that but we didn't really have time to talk about like a system like i had to, i had to create the system in my head yeah it worked out kind of like at D D night when uh richard had to describe verbally describe pieces to ryan and ryan had to build the police car oh yeah i remember that i, remember I, remember that. That. I think you might have been passed out you rolled a lot of ones that day <laughs> I think, yeah, see, I, think, I think I think all three of you were there. It was uh yeah, it was when we were the goblins were chasing us into like room and then we like help we like closed the door and then they were pounding on it while you were trying to like get other stuff done. Oh yeah, Steven, you had to do the Sudoku puzzle. Oh. Richard's getting so frustrated. <laughs> Typical superintendent. <laughs> well that's that's a that's a wonderful topic. I really enjoyed that, Chris. Thank you. And uh We'll see if uh, I'm looking on this website. These are actually really interesting. There we go. The Titanic, El Cluster Coliseum. This is, this is actually something I've never seen. Ah, there we go. A Ferrari. Wait, so we take tequila shots, then try and right. assemble something. Yo, let's do that. Well, you know, we'll I was. Uh, I just to I was watching a show on Netflix. It's called like I'll, I'll take 100 <laughs> Humans, and they basically would just like do like tests. They would take like 100 people, do the test, and there'd be like cool data coming back. But one of the things they did is they put them in age groups. So there was like uh, 10 people people like they were in their like early 20s 10 people in the 30s in their 40s and their 50s and each one of them there was one person who had to sit at a desk and they had the instructions for what they were building they had to radio to someone that was like in the other room and they would tell that person what to do and then that person would have to verbally describe it to the construction team like they had four people and all, all they were doing was assembling a chair but the, the what they were trying to do on the test was which age group is better at team building like a team activity 
So I think it was actually, I think it was like, I think it was the forties. I think it was like the older group was first. Then it was the youngest group. And then the middle groups were kind of one. The, I think it was the 40 year olds were first. Then it was like early 20 year olds. And then all the other groups were just kind of jumbled after. You guys want to play a pop quiz? I'm going to tell you four different Lego designs and you have to tell me which one is the most expensive. Ready? I like Let's it. Do it. Option A is the Hogwarts Express Collector's Edition. Option B is the Roman Colosseum. Collector's Edition. Okay. Option oh C no. is the Millennial Millennium Falcon. And option D is an ATAT, which if you don't know is the Star Wars thing that gets tied up around the legs. Is that, a, is that a collector's edition as well? It does not say collector's edition on it. Your question. Oh, I'm going Millennium Falcon. It's your question. Same price. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Millennium Falcon yeah. for Ryan. I, I like, so the Millennium Falcon, He's the Millennium Falcon and Hogwarts, he's going to be paying out royalties too, so I could see that jacking up price. The Millennium Falcon, There, I think there was like two or three different sizes of it. I'm curious if it's like the, can you tell if it's the Millennium Falcon where he can actually like sit at the bar in the middle of the Millennium Falcon, or is it just getting the cockpit? It says the Ultimate Collector Series, 7,541 oh. pieces. It yeah. has uh, Gosh, it's a an lot. interior... Yeah, that's, there's that's like the big a one. little. Yeah. yeah, it's the full so, full deal. I could I could see that in the the little ATAT. I feel like is going to be probably the cheapest because it's going to be the smallest out of all that. But I'm probably going to pick the Roman Coliseum because I feel like it's from their architectural set, which is just a massive amount of. Yeah. So listed the ATAT and the Millennium Falcon are both the same price. Angel, I don't. Didn't you already look at the list? Yep. I think the at at is going to be a higher price because they are they're not many available by demand, so they can charge a You're higher. You're a price. terrible human being, Angel. This is available now. Yeah. We called it an at at. <laughs> Nobody calls an at at. Okay, okay. It's an at at. It says hard to find, but I can add it to my bag. What is so knowing that the Millennium Falcon and the ATAT are both the same price at eight hundred and forty nine dollars and ninety nine cents? Which one would you rather oh. have? Oh gosh, the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. Because it's like the the Millennium Falcon's the good guy. I think if I were to put something on my shelf, I want the AT8. Neither. I want that on my yeah. shelf. Millennium Falcon's everybody's it, favorite. It's not unique. That's what you're gonna play with. I don't play with it. It's fucking nine hundred dollars. Even the hate it's just because it's cool. hipster, man. The AT8 is cool, man. It's tall. At at. at at Millennium Falcon is dope. Um, there's also so there's an eight fifty. The next uh, most expensive one is the Titanic at six hundred and eighty dollars, and then the Eiffel Tower at six thirty. The Razor Crest from the Star Wars vehicle. Well, that's interesting that you would rather have um, the one that people most likely would not the have. AT is very iconic. However, it's not as recognizable. Not as much as the as the Millennium Falcon. I know it's not as much as the Millennium Falcon, but I'm thinking on my shelf, I'm gonna have to find some sort of mount to turn this thing sideways. On Solo's kind of like overrated. I mean, it's worth it. <laughs> okay. But that's that's an interesting point that you would say you would only want it because everyone else wants the Millennium Falcon. The dark side. Amazon.com has a $3,300 Lego set. The tie, it's a TIE Fighter. It's probably super. What? Yeah, I'm, I like stuff like the TIE Fighters. I like the dark side, man. Fuck Luke. When you think of Star Wars, you think of Darth Vader, don't you? This one's too 
Yeah, the first image that comes. My most favorite Star Wars movie is actually the third one, The Rise of the Sith, because I totally love watching Anakin being this chosen one, and then he just falls and becomes a very, very terrible person and murders everybody. The younglings. Yeah, gosh, that episode, man. (laughs) Nothing will ever beat the pod racing. That's the worst. That's That's probably my least favorite movie. Ooh, you can get the Millennium Falcon for $747. Steal, Steven. Add to cart. Buy now. $1,100.50. The Porsche 911 Technic. Ooh, the Super Star Destroyer. The Star Wars Super Star Destroyer. Those big old long triangle ships. $1,800. Whoa, is that on the Lego website or Amazon? This is on Amazon. They're not currently at, in production at uh at, at legoland oh my, my bad angel at, at legoland there's a there's a there's a porsche like a uh, uh, ride attraction you can go to and so they have an entire like full-size porsche built out of legos but then what you do, <laughs> what you do is you uh you it's my nail on the i oh, gotcha uh, they let you you so you take the legos you build a car and then you get to put it on this track and race it and then they'll like time you and you also deck stuff ryan take it away boy oh are you ready to go to the moon <sighs> yeah whenever it's ryan's segment we have to put the aluminum hats on <laughs> With my millennial. What are you talking about? I'm not talking about anything. This week's topic isn't anything conspiratorial. It's pure fact, Stephen. The history landing on the moon. I think that is one of our greatest presidents of the United States, Richard Nixon. And uh, you know, you know Jackie Gleason. You know who Jackie Gleason is? Famous from the Honeymooners. Sends you to the moon, straight to the moon, Alice. These two famous figures were best friends back in the day. They used to golf all the time. And back on February 19th, 1973. Jackie Gleason and Richard Nixon are out golfing together. Jackie Gleason is a, a known connoisseur of the paranormal. Likes to talk about aliens. He built a custom home that looks like a UFO. A large collection of the paranormal. And while they're out golfing on this trip, he's like, you know, Mr. Nixon, you know a lot about everything. Do you know anything about aliens? I know nothing about aliens. But if I ever do, Jackie, I'm going to let you know. They finish their round of golf. Mr. Mr. Gleason goes home and then around midnight and there's a knock on his door and it's Richard Nixon at 12 o'clock without his secret service. He says, Jackie, 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 I got something to show you. So Richard Nixon takes Jackie Gleason down to, um, where is it in my notes here? It's, it's, a, it's very accurate, Stephen. I have notes of actual places. Chris, Chris is in my notes. So, so Richard Nixon takes him to the, the Homestead Air Force Base, 35 miles outside of Miami. And doesn't return home for 24 hours. 24 hours later, his wife starts to worry about where his husband's gone. And, and, and he finally comes back to the door, pale face, and he slumps into his wife. And he goes, uh, uh, Beverly, Richard Nixon took me somewhere. And this is what he tells her. Stephen, are you listening? <laughs> are, 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 are you listening, Stephen? So, so Mr. Nixon tells Beverly that he was at this Homestead Air Force Base and he's seen bodies of some aliens from outer space. Top secret, only a few people knew. But Mr. Nixon arranged for him to be escorted and see them. And, and there are aliens lying in four separate lab tables. They were tiny, only about two feet tall, with small, bald heads, disproportionately large ears. And they, and they must have been dead for some time because they've already been embalmed. These are they're old bodies. Chris, get out of my notes. <laughs> so she goes get out of my notes <laughs> you're distracting me so 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 he tells her the story and and for a few years it, it goes nowhere until beverly and mr mr jackie get divorced so beverly writes some memoirs and, and when promoting the publishing of her book she goes to the on an interview with the inquirer and she tells the story 
Right. And then it becomes publicized as a, as a big hoopla. It's reported in the news. And then all of a sudden, the big publishing company cancels the book deal and is never heard from again. But you know where you can find evidence that this is all real? Where? The Richard Nixon Library? Yeah, you can go uh. to the Richard Nixon Library, find Mr. Nixon's diary, and there it is written in that diary that on February 19th, 1973, Richard Nixon and Jackie Gleason were in fact golfing in Miami. Is that part's top secret, Steve. Yeah. That's in the other Wait. diary. Well, why are you shaking your head, Angel? Why, why, why? You had me, dude. Why are you shaking your head, Angel? You had me. I was bought in, dude. No. Okay. I was bought in. I was like, oh my God, he's on to something. But the only evidence is a diary where he was just writing down that yes. like what? He was yes. golfing with Jackie Gleason, which is freaking cool. But did you, what? Okay. How do you know? Okay. Let me, let's say that it is true. Okay. Let's say that it is true. Can, can, can you at least say that it's a possibility that he was just doing like shrooms or something, right? He was like wasted. Showing up in the middle of the night to Jackie Gleason, remember recalling his, his conversation on the, on the golf course, goes say his house is like dude you gotta see something but first drink this tea drink this tea drink up and then they both like party all night and then like they do some crazy stuff and they're like let's just call it aliens okay cool let's just call it aliens and they go back home like i just saw the craziest thing i I would i would i would agree with that angel if mr gleason wasn't such a known fan of the paranormal he would not discredit himself man seeking the truth is it gonna lie and discredit what he believes that's airtight airtight Okay, I got nothing. So you're telling yeah. me it's a strange occurrence that Richard Nixon was golfing in Florida, right? No, it, it, it gives proof to to Jackie Gleason's ex-wife's account of what her husband told her. Mm, she got, she got you. So um, I just, I, I don't know why we're keeping aliens in Florida. Like, I think their Area 51 is obviously loaded with aliens. I'm on board with that. But in this instance, I don't know. And, and I'm curious on why Richard Nixon, like, was he just like, you know, he's like, oh, dude, I, I have this gossip and I need to share it with somebody. So like, hey, man, let's go check out these things. Why would it take 24 he, hours to look at some bodies? Friend. He promised his friend. Oh, he promised his friend. Promise. 35 mile drive. Cars were slower back in the 70s, so it took a little bit longer, you know? <laughs> ah. All right. Well, I, but what is okay? So what is this picture? Because you share a picture in the in the doc. What is? What oh, that's is just doing? showing the friendship. But that, that's not a golf course. They're just having a good time. The, the ball time. went in the water, so he sent the Secret Service to dive in after and get the ball back. <laughs> <laughs> that Secret Service. Oh my God, that's hilarious. So they're like, oh, and he, Jackie's like, who? Yeah, a good friend. They, they're great buds. They would never lie to each other. Wait a minute. This took place in the 70s, right? That's when uh, Richard Nixon was uh, president. Also yes. when Nixon took us off the gold. That guy. And he opened relationships with China. So was Jackie Gleason, when did he come out and say all this? Where did he write this down? How do people know? Jackie Gleason never said anything. This this is this is an account by his, his ex-wife. Hold on. So wouldn't someone who, sorry to cut you off, Stephen. It, wouldn't someone who like is known using your words, is known to, to, to be an, a, a person who really likes the paranormal, who likes aliens and, and all this stuff, wouldn't he want to say something? He would want to say something. He was probably eating up inside, but the government would kill him if he said anything. That's why the, that's why his wife's book was canceled after she came out and said this. Who knows what other information was in her book? The interview is just a teaser. So how many people do you think would have known about those embalmed aliens and how many people were held to secrecy? Hundreds. hundreds. It's like the, my, that's like how I got with like the 9-11 conspiracies was like they made a lot of good points in the videos. But at some point you would have been like somebody would have spilled the beans, right? Somebody would have came out and said, look, I was a part of it. This is what happened. Nobody ever did, right? Not to my knowledge. Mm-hmm. Too many people involved. 
the aliens coming like, too many people involved but there are some weird stories with aliens people come out all the time all the time people like, come discredited. out say, i saw like, this really, i know like if jesus came back from the dead or came back down to earth whatever is supposed to happen nobody would believe the person <laughs> right like i am jesus christ reborn and he's like no you're not get the fuck away from me <laughs> there's some so, funny so stories Ryan, that come out Sorry, go, go oh, I was gonna say, there's been some funny stories coming out with like the astronauts as they get older. Like, they say a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah, they say a lot of things that are uh, you're like, oh, he's just got dementia. You're like, but does he? <laughs> so, so Ryan, I think I think you're gonna need to have another podcast topic about this one. But on Netflix, I was watching this like UFO conspiracy one. So it talked about like the earliest UFO sighting was in like the 50s, like the early 50s. So the government created this organization called Project Blue Book. So so, and the, oh, yeah. the idea was if the Air Force comes across anything weird or unexplained, they have to submit their information to Project Blue Book first. And if, and if the Air Force can't figure out what it was, they can't be like, oh, it was the enemy MiG, then Blue Book gets to give the official answer on what it is. But basically, it's like a low-key, low like, let's not freak out the public. But what I'm focusing on in this conversation is the first sighting, which they Project Blue Book claimed that there was, like, aliens in the early 50s. Ryan's saying that Nixon is saying that... That there's embalmed aliens in the 70s that appeared old, which corresponds with the alien sightings in the 50s. So that would make that would make sense that whatever happened then, they embalmed them. Like he could have just said, "Oh, brand new ones," and that wouldn't mean anything. The fact that they're old 20 years later—that's coincidence. I can disprove. See, see, Chris is putting the puzzle pieces together. I can disprove all of this nonsense with a simple bit of logic. I'm going to shut this shit down. If there was another species somewhere out there in the universe that had the technology to get to Earth. First of all, there's two things that you need to think about. Why are they coming to Earth? They would be smart enough to know the habitable zone of each star. They would know coming to Earth, they would encounter life form. If Would they be coming just because they're curious just to see what we're up to? Or are they coming to Earth to, to take min minerals and you know whatever resources they need? Because if it was like minerals and resources, whatever they need, there's tons of other planets that are chock full of it, asteroids, everything. There would be absolutely no need to come to Earth. So if they were smart enough and had the technology to come to Earth, they would also know that their bodies could not handle whatever was on Earth, bacteria otherwise. They wouldn't send in live beings, whatever they are, aliens to the planet. They would send drones that could easily take video footage and upload it to their mothership there wouldn't be no aliens ever coming to well, earth maybe they started sending drones after we kept i don't think them. they would even take the risk if they were smart enough and had the technology to get to earth they would know that by getting coming to earth that they would uh be contaminated with whatever bacteria and everything well, we had the we had the we sent people to the moon that's not the same thing first time we tried to go to the that's moon that's not the same thing we knew that there's no life that's up there the same thing we don't know that You've been to the dark side of the moon? We haven't been to the dark side of the moon. Yes, there's, we haven't. All I'm saying is, well, like, I was thinking about that today. It's Schrodinger's moon. If they, <laughs> like, because they talk about, oh, well, there's just, like, a mothership's going to come and, like, harvest our planet and all this shit. I'm like, what are they going to harvest on Earth that they couldn't get from, like, a million asteroids flying around the universe? Gold. They have the technology to go intergalactic, like, to go from galaxy to galaxy, but they need to come to Earth to harvest bullshit no if it's just a pure curiosity thing i think they would observe via drones which i mean is probably what we might be shooting out of the sky right now which is just curiosity like seeing where we are technology wise or maybe our advancements in fusion technology and they're you know keeping an but, eye on us but Steven, if they're sending drones how could they abduct you to, to probe you 
and inseminate you. Right. They don't want to do that. What's their point? What's the point of doing to create that? Create a, a mixed species. David, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. So what do we have on Earth that no other planet has? And I'm pointing to something living. Nothing. I think that in the infinite. Plant. Trees. What if they oxygen? oxygen? You think that these people couldn't yeah. create it? I guess, yeah. Well, you can't. You can't Can you create, create oxygen. Everything that's in the universe is the same. Like nothing. It's, you don't. You don't destroy things. You just convert them into a different. What did they have been able to create? They obviously, if they are an oxygen-dependent creature, then they would already have created that, and it would already be on their ships. They would already have like a renewable source of oxygen. They wouldn't. You're making an assumption. Yeah, but they wouldn't rely on. What if oxygen is like a drug to them, Stephen? They don't need it to live, but it gets them high. Yeah. What if they? What if they come to oxygen? Well, then they pick the wrong fucking planet. Bro, like, <laughs> no. What if their 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 atmosphere is full of carbon dioxide? All they need it. is just a yeah, little. I'm just saying. To, I'm just saying. And then they can just come all they want. It's like if a drug. They have the it opens up a black market. Regulated on to go intergalactic and travel between galaxies. They probably would know Earth is a contaminated planet. Our oxygen is not pure. Like they could probably find like very virgin planets. What if they're not? What if it's not galaxies they're traveling across, Stephen? But it's time. I don't know. That's adding a new element to like. No, I don't know. I guess if they were traveling fast enough to get from university, they are going faster than the speed of light. So they are traveling. So I have this other idea on this. On Netflix, you guys need to watch this one called Ancient Apocalypse like seven episodes and it just kind of like looks at like weird historical things that and so the one piece that i pulled out of that one is it talks about a few so you have like stonehenge right now we're all like what was stonehenge built for was it built for a sacrifice or something like that so the main thing about stonehenge is it on the winter solstice and on the summer solstice it lines up perfectly like absolutely perfectly so what that tells me is the people who built that they were smart enough to read the stars and the astrology and be able to line up this thing perfectly, right? They're able to do that Stonehenge. So then you go down to like like uh, Sicily or like Italy area and you have another structure that was built down there that also perfectly aligns with the winter and summer solstice. Then you go to the pyramids in Mexico, which also line up with the winter and like the orientation, winter, you summer solstice. Then it. you go to... Like, uh, so, so the, on the summer solstice, the sun is in a particular location in the sky. So imagine if the, like on your little screen here, if uh, the sun was exactly here, they're at a perfect right angle. It'd be like their opening would be facing it perfectly. Watch the ancient apocalypse. It'll make more sense. The most important one is I think it's in like uh kind of like middle of the country. It's like the Dakotas or something like that. There was this big, it was just a big hill and it's supposed to be like this really old hill or whatever. Well, they realized when they started excavating that, the same thing, the way that these hills line up is they line up with the winter and summer solstice on these few different areas as well. So what that tells me is you had people all over the world that had the same intellectual idea to be able to read the stars and to lay stuff out on the planet about it. Now, the other portion I go to is when you listen, when you read into all these ancient folk tales and whatnot, they talk about some omnificent being that came and taught them astronomy, crop rotation, taught them these different things. Like you take the Aztecs, for example, they, they those guys didn't even invent the wheel, but they were able to suddenly expand and have this deep knowledge of crop rotation and architecture and engineering just pop up out of the blue. But all their stories talk about this figure that showed up and taught that to them. So I'm connecting the dots here. I'm thinking aliens came at a previous time and taught humanity different things i don't know why to yet. set us on a path to 
where we are now. I, I read yes. a book about some dude in the, the future when the world's coming to an end. They upload, like, can upload consciousness to, like, I don't know, like a, some sort of hard drive. And this guy is put in computer and they're, like, running all these tests to see which person is the best representation of humanity to send up in outer space and, like, a... Uh, 3d printer type whatever it's a long story but basically this guy is the candidate and he gets sent off in outer space with like this ship that can like build like a 3d printer so like his consciousness for for eternity with like can learn anything do anything and he's like building ships that can figure all these things out and he gets to the point where he's like traveling the universe and he's visiting these different planets and finding different life forms and he finds like primitive but intelligent but primitive societies and he like comes in as like a godlike figure to teach them little things like a bow and arrow and this and that to kind of like push along societies and because he's just an observer he's eternal so he's just like playing with these different societies like teaching them and getting attached to certain people and watching them grow and have kids and their generation after generation and how then yeah it's cool yeah so yeah i would be i totally believe that somebody just coming in and fucking with earth a little bit yeah like these guys are taking too long these cavemen are like fucking this shit up like let me just teach them this little thing right here if you plant in the spring it's going to work out a little bit better. Did you see that recent thing about the pyramids? I was watching, I don't know where I saw it, but like the pyramids and how they were like semiconductors and like they thought like there's, they used like hydraulic power from like water to like generate electricity and that they might have had electricity back in the Egyptian days. I heard about this, yeah. And like gold, like yeah, the, the tips. That's pretty cool though. Yeah, like tips of the, I didn't really get into it too much. It tests the coil. I think there's a lot of things that existed back in the day that have like decayed over time that we just don't realize that ancient societies did. Maybe Maybe some advancements in technology that we thought are new to us that maybe, you know, had existed. Maybe not computers and electricity type stuff, but we don't give credit where credit's due. What if like a billion years ago on planet Earth, like there was a fully technologically advanced society and just over a billion years, none of that stuff would exist anymore. It would all just go to dust. You would never know it existed. Except for the Lego bricks will still be there. Is that not possible? Is that not possible? That Snake eating its tail. What, what could last for what could last for the earth resets itself every few thousand yeah, years how could what would exist over what's like the how long would a lego last forever or would it eventually yeah. break down a million years i think it would i think it would eventually but it would take quite a long time yeah. crude oil anyways how far off track are we with that uh, crude oil topic that Ryan the, the, the long and short of it is President Nixon showed Jackie Gleason dead alien back roof at the Richard Nixon Library. I believe it. Oh. I'm going to go down there, take a picture, and, and uh, look on the back of it, and it's going to be a picture of an alien. Thank you, Ryan. I'm glad that it wasn't an alien they were pulling out of the lake. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. Like and subscribe. Follow anywhere you're listening to your favorite podcast. Please comment. Drop us a line. We're always open to hearing back from you. Um, anything you guys want to want to say before we wrap up? I'm good. I'm good on the hood. Cool. All right, guys. Uh, thank you so much, and we'll see you next time. Peace. Right out.